0: The final snap of Super Bowl 45, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, coming back to your podcast feeds again with a preview pod this week for the New Orleans Saints as they come up marching into town to face the Packers in their home opener. But joining me as always is my lovely co-host Jordan Trusky, Jordan. How you doing, buddy?
1: Doing well, doing well. Good.
2: Good. Kind of ha- had some uh a couple good days off from uh from Sunday's disastrous ending.
1: Yeah, we tend to cool off with the you know, competitive juices just Ease, temper, temper boy.
2: (laughs) I didn't Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, we had to hand out some cheeses from uh, Sunday's game against the Falcons before we move on. Um, This week, significantly easier to hand out uh, three (laughs) three cheeses to the team as opposed to the week one win against the Bears. Um, Before we get into who actually got them, I think the only person... That we, I think we agreed easily on all three. The only person that could have maybe, just maybe, gotten a cheese was uh punter, Daniel Whalen. He booted it. He booted it. He booted and scooted it. Some might say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel Whalen having pretty long, three long, pretty booming punts. Um, I think I saw somewhere that he was like the fifth ranked punter according to PFF. Um, through two games thus far this season um can't confirm that with I think it, it might have been Zach Cruz that might have, that had sent that out but I forget I can look that up while you look up his uh stats yeah I'm trying to find his uh he doesn't have a picture in, on on Pffs so that's how you know he's the the realist um <laughs> player grades player grades he has nine punts tied for ninth. Punt gross average is also tied for ninth at forty nine yards, almost fifty, and as long as sixty eighth. That is a booming punt. Fifth ranked punter. Yep. Forty PFF. Perfect. Um, I can't. You know who's sixth? <sighs> I'm guessing he. I no, I don't.
1: Old friend Corey Borges. Borkes. Borkes? Oh, remember him?
2: Yeah. Borkies. Yeah. No, it's Borkes, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, two punters ago, basically the Packers punters, two punters ago.
2: Yes, that that makes a lot of sense. PFF is doing the stupid thing where you can't see the full yardage, so we'll just move on from Daniel. Whalen. Anyways, yeah. good punter. Hopefully, he maintains that that um, efficiency <laughs> and l- powerful leg throughout the season because it seems like they might eat him at some points. Um, but our three Packers that received cheeses this week, first and foremost, is Jordan Love earning his first one of the season. 14 for 25, 151 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and two carries of for 23 yards for a PFF grade of 65.9. Oh, those Jordan Love PFF grades. They're, they're, I don't know why they keep like just moving back and forth like they do. Like They keep coming up. Not that, like not what it was. and then they get moved higher. like has was this last week and this week it's done that Yeah, this
1: week more egregiously. I think it was like a, a, probably like five, six percentage points mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, very obvious. he's been very efficient at least in terms of uh, touchdown rate, um, passer rating again, leading the NFL mm-hmm. um, Sure, there are some things to work on. But Jordan Love. He's beginning the ball in the end zone. That's the name of the game, isn't it?
2: That is the name of the game. Yeah. Um according to Wes how, how do you say his last name I have I c I've I I've never said it out oh. loud. quits uh, Hodquitz. Hodquitz. Wes Hod-Hod. Hod. he's the uh the senior writer for the Packers. Um tweeted out <laughs> this morning, yeah, this morning, that Jordan Love is the Fourth QB in the last 10 years to have three-plus passing touchdowns and no interceptions in the first two games of the season. The others were Patrick Mahomes twice, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. i never heard of any of them. 18, 19, 15, and 14. So pretty uh, good company if we are uh, cherry-picking stats like that. <laughs> yes, we are. So I love it. I think the context of who they play for and where they are in their careers is a little better, but I'm not upset at the stat. So, moving on to the next uh, cheese-worthy packer, obviously Quay Walker. 17 tackles, 8 of those are solo, 4 pressures and 1 QB hit, and 4 stops, which is um, a PFF stat, I believe. Um, in coverage, he had six, targe- 6 targets, 6 receptions for 55 yards. Not too bad for a middle linebacker, but what can you do? But yeah, Quay Walker having his second-year jump quite quite early on and doing it quite impactfully
1: yeah i we talked about it after the game on sunday um this defense performance would have looked a lot worse if quay walker didn't have a herculean performance making sure that big plays were limited making sure guys got tackled which was a big problem obviously like and ultimately like Having seen people tweet out film clips and everything like that, he's one of the few guys that like gave a shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, there were like, it was just effort plays, and he's he's everywhere. There's no no um, question to his athletic abilities and just the reactionary skills that he has. Like, the fact that you can expect him to be a good coverage guy, even though. You know, you look at six targets for six catches and everything like that. He's still limited big plays. Like I, that is still important for this Packers defense, especially when their ground game was just. I think mean, I don't know if we we probably touched on it well at the time, but like they they just got annihilated by B.J. Robinson. His second NFL game, yeah. of his
2: career it is. Yeah, like, he he torched him. He torched him. Torchstone with a big old flamethrower. Every um, every angle of that uh, double jump cut he had is disgusting. Like it's they had the one where it was like almost like the bird's eye view of it. I was like, man, that's gross. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's he's a hall of famer already. Um, honestly, it, it, he has like that level of skills. Anyway, Quay Walker would have made uh, Sunday a bigger or without having Quay Walker, which was a question around this time last week. Yep. Um, that would have made it a massacre if Mm -hmm. they did not have him. And he did everything in his power to make it, uh, basically a one score game. Like again, everything was in the Packers taking, they didn't take it, but Quay Walker did his damnedest to do everything possible to, you know, limit the firepower.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, third packer receiving a cheese is uh Jaden reed career career day for Jaden reed <laughs> his second game as a packer six catches or i'm sorry six targets four catches 37 yards and two touchdowns really showing off his speed uh this game uh running in motion on his little touch pass from love around the end as well as just cutting over the middle i think was it was it over the middle was the other touchdown I remember it was i forget i
1: keep forgetting this one and yeah. i
2: don't know why i think it was, no, it was like a little but did, is this one where he stepped on the pylon or is that the first yes, one yeah he, he, uh, like yeah regardless what? highest graded packer this week at 82.9 so when this team's receiving core is going to be healthy dude it might be this week as we'll get into but he'll be into the mix for sure i think he'll be have he'll have opportunities to really break away some good good receptions with his speed and with cornerbacks occupying other receivers um on the packers side of the ball so it'll be good it'll be good yeah
1: he gave we knew that he will give this packers offense different dimensions um just gave him the ball we saw it someday he powered the offense in different ways especially when they needed it um not too dissimilar to romeo dobbs's performance of week one mm-hmm. but obviously there was a lot more deserving candidates that romeo dobbs uh was on the cutting room floor, in terms of cheeseworthy performances. Jaden Reed gets the benefit of <laughs> a game that had gone south, literally, because they played in Atlanta and <laughs> just the result. Um, but yeah, I Jaden Reed, great, highest graded Packer,
2: all that good stuff. So very excited what he could do this week, possibly, mm-hmm. possibly. So with all that be- with all of that being said, let's jump right into the. Uh to the Saints game, and sort of the in-between that's happened since then. Obviously on Sunday, uh, as the game was starting up, it came out that David Bakhtiari wasn't playing. It, this coming after week one, when Aaron Rodgers uh, tore his Achilles at MetLife Stadium on the turf, we all saw David Bakhtiari's comments on the turf. He doesn't play. People speculate, us included. A lot of the media speculates, a whole lot of fans speculate, claiming that David Bakhtiari wasn't playing because of the turf field. Well, today, Wednesday, David Bakhtiari was in the locker room talking with the media scrum. I don't know, did you did you see the video, Jordan? No, I did not. There was a video of a lot of his quotes that we're about to talk about here from Bill Huber's article um, on SI.com. There was a the, the definition of a scrum at his locker. There was a lot of people, a lot of media members looking to talk to David Bakhtiari. So... Let's get into it. Dave Bakhtiari, obviously, what are the three years ago now? Tore his knee up a bunch. Two and a half. Two and a half. Tore his three. Yeah, tore his knee up a bunch in practice. Right, that's where it, it happened. And then the fallout from that was him missing most of the missing the rest of the regular season, playing one game I think in the playoffs or playing week sixteen against the or seventeen against the Lions, if, if my memory serves me correctly. And then missing the playoff game, missing all of the next year, and then no, I'm I'm going about this wrong. You gotta correct You're me. You're kind of like my backwards.
1: If you, so the it was the start of the playoff run in 2020, the COVID year. Okay. They beat the Rams. The Rams, yes. They play the Buccaneers. We know how that ended. boxy already missed all of that. Missed. All the next season, save for that Lions game. Got it. I had it backwards. I think. Yeah. And then another year of speculation, missed the first two games of last year, and then missed definitely the London
2: game and something else, some other game, because he only played 12. Got it. So, all that being said, his knee is still pretty fucked. <laughs> and when when talking with the media bakhtiari said this after the drama that answer i'm gonna lead, read two quotes from david bakhtiari and then we'll paraphrase the rest of the article because it's just we don't want to steal one we'll steal all bill, H- bill Huber's article two it's a lot of what has already been said in the twitter sphere and the packers fan sphere so um david bakhtiari to the media today quote if i wasn't going to play on turf i'd probably make more of a ruckus my brother Eric loves drama, and he told me he was going to do it, and I'm like, "Go right ahead. I don't give a shit. I don't care what you do. It's your social media." No, that was not the reason at all. I clearly have an injury I've been dealing with. End quote. And then he said some more. And then this is a new quote. Quote: "You think I don't want to play? You think I want to be? You think I want to be a great football player and then just then just disappear? Heck no. I appreciate uh, general manager Brian Coons. We've had plenty of talks. He's been amazing with me, even being." Even being there for me to vent about it, it's just been extremely stressful, but on the human side, just been sitting here quietly and saying whatever it is, I just have to take it for what it is. So, end quote. Clearly, this is just his knee being, I guess, fickle is the word I'm going to say. He mentioned it later on that when his knee hits a limit, like, that's it. Like, he just can't. You just can't play on it. It doesn't have to do with turf. From what he's making it seem like, it doesn't have to do with a natural grass field. It just is, I'm guessing, workload. And maybe if it's raining, or if it's he slept on it wrong. Like, I think that might... Or
1: air travel, which which is why he didn't play the London game.
2: Right. It just might be these little things that happen day to day. The, obviously, the the rain and the slept on it wrong is is a joke. But it's. I think it really is that wishy-washy of whether or not his knee is good to go that day some days like you and i know that some days you just wake up and stuff hurts and when you're a professional athlete playing nfl football you're gonna wake up and hurt a lot of the time and with the stress that then that knee has gone under for the better part of the last 10 years with the injuries and just the workload it has because if i'm not mistaken it's his left knee which is the outside knee of when he's back a lot of pressure on that knee dude like mm-hmm. it's it's just i think what we're going to have to deal with as fans for the next at least i'd assume 15 games and possibly more if they don't trade next year but i think it's something that's just going to be on the injury report similar to how he and ej were last year
1: yeah it's this is nothing new um what maybe new is his brother being kind of just stupid
2: yeah yeah (laughs) Um, stirring the pot for no reason
1: stirring the pot for no reason which kind of seems like it's in the bakhtiari family
2: just maybe um just maybe um he also made
1: mention that he would never leave his teammates out to dry which again i don't really think that was ever a question like, yeah, I mean, like they're as plugged into what's going on with David Bacteria as anybody. And it does again, it doesn't really matter to us. Or the only people that matters that if he's out there how they feel is the people that are in that locker room. How we react to everything and just the kind of coy nature of of how everything's being dealt or what's being said or what we are insinuating, because obviously you see Aaron Rodgers go down with his this catastrophic injury, it's played on a wet field turf field, one of the worst, if not the worst, surfaces in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And naturally, when you see back Tiari on the injury report, uh Sunday morning it's reported that he's not gonna play, you make this causation correlation stuff. And it you <laughs> it's just funny how football does this because we it's so we lose sight of the bigger picture where it's like we focus on these little things because so many things can just go wrong at any second rather than like, let's take this for what it is. David Bakhtiari has not been a fully healthy football player for a very long time. And we knew that going into the season, we'll know that when he leaves as a Packer, whatever that is, and maybe wherever... what. Whatever t- other team that he plays for, if he continues his NFL career outside of Green Bay, maybe they handle it differently. But with the Green Bay Packers, they're gonna be conservative, they're gonna protect their investment in David Bacciari because he is their highest paid player on the team that is playing for the team currently. And um and when healthy, he's an all-pro level athlete player, whatever you want to call him. It's that simple. And I think we just kind of Judging from a lot of the reaction, which I'm sure I I I definitely felt at the time, and I'm not gonna say that I don't feel moving forward, it's justified to be angry or just be mystified by what by it, because neither you hear you don't hear anything from himself going into the game or because he doesn't he's not practicing. You don't hear anything just someone being straight up with you, like Matt LaFleur, who kind of plays this game of saying very little, but the other day he says, this is what it's going to be like. We all know it's going to be like this moving forward or paraphrasing what it was, but like he essentially said said that this is how it is with the black cherry and we're just going to have to deal with it. And that is going to cost games. Simple fact. It did not cost the game Sunday, but that's neither here nor there.
2: Right, David Bakhtiari being out didn't cost them the game on Sunday, but a slew of other factors did. But I think what, and I don't want to spend too much longer on this because it is so drawn out, but... we we'll
1: probably go, at it, go through it a lot this
2: season. season. I think a good way to think about it is that a lot of casual Packers fans, like, nine times out of ten, if you're listening to this podcast, you are more dedicated to a sport and this is for any show even on gspn or any sports podcast if you're listening to a sports podcast you are more than likely not a casual sports fan you are a dedicated sports 100%. fan and just you, you you're invested in sports there are guys just being dudes out there there are women just being <laughs> fellas out there that don't listen to podcasts and just watch the game on sunday and that wonder where david bakhtiari is and people get frustrated ourselves included when they don't see the guy out there that's getting paid as much as he is not playing. And there's a lot of nuance to this, and I think there's just a lot of frustration from Packers fans being unable to adjust their expectations from what they were last year, and saying that David Batiari needs to be out there every single game so that the Packers have a chance to win and make the playoffs. When, in reality, he needs to be out there when healthy so that he can be there for next year when they're when when I think they're a lot better and have a better chance of making the playoffs, like I'm, I think people are just frustrated by the fact that the saga behind David Bakhtiari is still going on. They, like going into when the injury first happened, big punch to the gut in Packers fans during a Super Bowl contending season, and it's just like, oh, okay, well we'll we'll get him next year, we'll we'll get him next year, we'll get him back, and we'll that'll be that. He doesn't come back the next year and it's another letdown season. Then he comes back last year, is out again randomly at times. And I think just the unreliability that most Packers fans have with Dave Bakhtiari is causing the frustration. Is like, it's just, it's not anything personal. It's the fanatic part of being a fan coming out and getting mad at a guy who's immeasurably more frustrated with this process and this this timeline since he's injured himself um, than we could possibly be
1: i know you just already just said that you don't want to dwell on
2: this but i i have a very key point yeah we can keep going i just don't want to spend another another 20 minutes on it yeah of course
1: (laughs) i think one of the biggest differences in this whole saga versus if We'll see with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just using him as an example, we all saw Aaron Rodgers get hurt on that Monday Night Football game. We have never, we did not see David Bakhtiari get hurt. Right? Is behind? It was during practice behind closed doors. Everything that he has gone through in his rehab, uh, the subsequent, um, uh, the the setback. I'm forgetting what it technically was but there was another tear coming back in some way whatever medical distinction was that was also during practice or during his rehab and everything like that it is a much different experience knowing that like we just saw nick chubb's leg just get just demolished yeah and you're like okay yeah he's gonna be out for a long time and that more like God bless him and hopefully he comes back, you know, as good as he is, because he's a very good football player. But it's a different feeling seeing that on your TV screen when this is a game that just it's carnage literally every play. And some plays <laughs> all players make it out safe, and some plays a guy might be down, it might be, you know, his career might be Significantly altered or finished altogether. We are we are just used to that. So when you see someone on your TV get hurt in a very significant way, you understand that. When you don't see that, it's a harder bet to make for some people. Or, or not bet to make, but harder
2: agreements. It's hard to understand what
1: happened. Yeah. And I understand being frustrated by that by also... David Bakhtiari, is a, he's an NFL player. He wants to be out there. He is suffering in silence. And it's not very easy to just be like, this is what it's like. And if people don't understand that, then so be it. But like, and that, that, that is very much his position. But it doesn't change the fact that he's, there are going to be times where he's just not going to play. And it sucks. But that's what happens when you go through these injuries.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I think just, I think you put it perfectly in that since people didn't see it, they don't know the extent of it. It could have been a very bad injury. it I don't think it was, I'd hope it wasn't as bad as Nick Chubbs on Monday night, but he's an offensive lineman playing the toughest position on the line. Yeah. And at an all pro level, like there's a lot of stress on that knee and it could have been enough to where it's just that knee isn't as structurally sound as it was pre injury. And when that happens, it's tough to come back from that when you put a lot of pressure on that knee. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a long season, like a, a season long thing. I just hope that the Packers fans and not to say the media, but that reporters just kind of state that, hey, he's out this week with the knee and don't like mitigate and try and analyze and talk about it all season long. Like, I think we've hopefully got most of that out this past week.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
2: That's that. (laughs) Shall we move on to the, uh, the actual game, the actual football being played now? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Possum Packers facing the New Orleans Saints. Some might call them the Aints. Some just maybe might call them Ty Windish's secondary team. Oh! Wow. Wow. (laughs) Alas, Packers lead the series 17-10 and their last meeting is in 2021 when the Saints blew the bricks off of the Packers 38-3 in Jacksonville when the Saints were displaced um, because of Hurricane Ida. Um, Saints are 2-0, this season, after having been beat the Titans in Week 1, 16-15, in an atrocious game, and then beat the Panthers 20-17 <laughs> to 17 in another atrocious game, both of which were at um, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, if am not mistaken. So, yeah, they were both at home.
1: Mm. I think Week 1 was, Week 2 was not.
2: Mm, I don't know. I am pre- I thought for sure I saw that dark-ass... things have a
1: type, by the way. They have a type? Yeah, atrocious games.
2: Yeah, they do. I could have mm-hmm. swore I saw the the ugly... Oh, was it wasn't the Panthers. My bad. I thought I saw the ugly tone of the inside of the Superdome. It's really, it's so dark in there that you can tell any time they play at home. It is.
1: Panthers Stadium, though, it's... Why am I getting caught up in the
2: place? <laughs> Anyways, at home versus the Titans, on the road versus the Panthers, won both games. 2-0 coming up to Lambeau Field. Um, I'm trying to think of... they 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 met between 2021 and 2011, but 2011 is when the packers opened up their season against the saints and Randall Cobb ran that touchdown back for the opening kickoff. So, a couple of saints, that's a better saints memory than the 38 to 3 loss that Jawan Johnson and company held <laughs> gave to the packers. Remember that? Ju- Remember Jawan Johnson? He was going to be the, the next re- wide receiver tight end com- like super combo for fantasy and then was never heard from ever again.
1: You got to love those week 1 wonders.
2: Got's too. Um so that's where the saints are coming in riding their strong defense. The injury report: David Bakhtiari vet rests for his knee. Aaron Jones did not participate um, for his hamstring, and Elton Jenkins did not practice due to his knee as well. Um, EJ Oh. Out.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're about to say it. EJ yeah, out. I was like,
2: yeah. yeah. EJ out for um, a while. I'd say. I probably say at least a month, probably with his knee. Did they give a actual? Like, sh- sh- not that they didn't. I thought he said. I, I thought he think- saw MCL somewhere, but. I think, oh, I thought you were talking about timeline. I think
1: it's just a sprain MCL. and. Yeah. I've seen a lot of uh, historical timelines have been like two to four weeks. Yeah. That uh, might be more, Rob, I, I would agree with you. I think it's more on the safer side and longer side.
2: Yeah. Rob Dabowski said on Monday um, that he uh, EJ has a sprained MCL in his left knee and is in a sizable brace but does not think his season's over. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll just we'll just go with that um so doesn't think his season over is definitely concerning like doesn't think could mean he's out to like (laughs) week 15 16 which is the better part of three and a half months which kind of tracks if if it's a knee ligament and a sprain like you gotta be 100 percent healthy to go run out there on a sprained knee as one that He's already recovered from. I forget if it was left or if it was right, but he's already had a knee surgery and recovery. I did look that up and I couldn't find that. But regardless, he knows how these things work, so he probably has a better idea of when he'll be coming back than most do. Um, limited in practice was Lucas Van Ness with an elbow injury. He did end up coming back in the game on Sunday against the Falcons wearing a pretty big brace um, while he was back in, but he still played nonetheless. Um, limited and not a DMP is wide receiver Christian Watson. He went through some drills today. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God is right. That would be nice to have him, um, make his season debut at home like he did last year. (laughs) Yeah. So here's to hoping that he can go this week and have a, that's here's to hoping him and Aaron Jones can, can go this week and have a full offensive, um, regime, Against this pretty stout Saints defense, um, and a full participant in practice was punter Daniel Willen, who had a finger injury. Apparently, I don't know how you injure, okay. I don't know how you injure your finger as a punter, but maybe he kicked it. Well, catch, catching the snap. I mean, I guess I, jam finger. If, if you're jamming fingers as a punter in the NFL, dude, like I jam yeah, fingers as a, a, long, as, as a the kid. The wrong line of work, right? I was jamming fingers on catching basketballs as a kid because I was yeah. uncoordinated, but like. I feel like if you're a punter, you shouldn't be jamming fingers anymore.
1: If <laughs> I do punter, like if you're punting through the off season, you're probably doing it through like the dregs machine. Cause there's not going to be someone snapping. All
2: right. And those things fire him. Like you you should be yeah. able to, <laughs> whatever. Who, who knows how it happened regardless.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, for the saints, um, near dear friend of the pod, Jamal Williams, um, hurt his hamstring against the pan, against the Panthers and is going to be out this week. Um, which is sad. We want to see Jamal Williams have have success. At least I do. I love Jamal Williams. Um, don't need to see him run over the Packers again. But have, or sad that he's hurt nonetheless.
1: He did during week 18 last year.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Foster Moreau has an ankle injury. He was a DMP as well. Um, Taysom Hill has a knee injury. He's limited. And then Kendra Miller, their third string rookie running back, um, has a, had a hamstring injury that kept him out of games one and two. And he is a full participant. I saw a push notification today that they expect a full go from Kendra Miller um, this week. So he'll make his NFL debut. And he is like the heir apparent to uh, Alvin Kamara, who is suspended. playing. He has his last game to serve this game against the Packers. So he'll be back next week. So talk about the matchup. Going in now Let's that we see. got injuries covered. The uh, the biggest thing, as it will be every week for the Packers, is getting after the quarterback. Um Saints have allowed the most sacks through the first two weeks of the season at eight. Um but it's not Ryan Ramchak's fault. Ryan Ramchak former pack or badger, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. I was I was like, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um Ryan Ramchak has not allowed a sack since week six of last season. That is bonkers.
1: That's pretty, pretty That's a good.
2: pretty sustained level of excellence from uh from Ryan Ramczyk. But yeah. Big week for uh Devontae Wyatt and uh Kenny Clark as the Saints interior defensive line um is just getting pummeled out there. Uh Caesar Ruiz ranks seventy second out of seventy five guards in the NFL so far this year. That is what we would call ungood.
1: Should correct a stat that I included on there. The Saints have not allowed the most sacks. Okay. They have allowed a lot, but it's not the Texan's level, which is eleven.
2: Geez. So is it second most?
1: Uh no, not even second. It's seventh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I saw that it was league leading, but that was my fault, so I'm just gonna own up to not it. Not a problem. Throw tomatoes.
2: Not a problem. Big big tomato <laughs> throw in action. But big no. Tomato. Still four sacks in four sacks a week essentially. Two or eight and two weeks is a lot compared to Jordan Love, who I think was sacked. Is it once or nuts? Twice? Once a week. I don't remember either one, which is weird. Do are we counting sacks as tackled out of the pocket, like scrambling behind the line of scrimmage? They probably do, but like I think so. I, I have I still have a
1: list. I can't remember
2: I can't remember when he got sacked in the pocket. Oh, I don't know. Any who's will be. <laughs> um, I think that'll be the biggest. Like the the interior defensive line is the defensive line in general is going to be pretty huge this week because of that lack of running back talent that they're currently experiencing with their injuries and Alvin Kamara suspension. Like the the Saints' running back room, when healthy, was a dangerous one. Then like when everyone was playing between Alvin Kamara as your. Like specialist jump cut, just all pro level running back, paired with Jamal Williams, who is there somewhat of a bruiser and obviously goal line back after his record setting uh, season last year, and then having Kendra Miller as a dynamic third string running back. Like their running game was supposed to be really good to start the to start the year once Alan Kamara got back, and now you throw in Tony Jones, who's their fourth string guy, has two touchdowns last week filling in for. Kendry Miller and Jamal Williams, like, maybe they'll be just fine, but it just you're not now you're relying on an inexperienced guy and Tony Jones doesn't get a lot of playing time, and now Kendra Miller, who's a rookie. Like the Packers offensive or I'm sorry, defensive line and backers have a really good opportunity to just let out some frustrations from last week with Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier to really bring it home against the Saints and make Derek Carr beat them essentially.
1: Yes. Um, couple points. I agree with you. Saints clearly don't have the same level of firepower in the backfield. Therefore you would think it's gonna be a more of a passing game for them. However, we know this Packers run defense, and yeah. they're on a worse pace than normal. <sighs> um And that's after playing the Bears and Falcons, so not to like. Hey, maybe they finally have it. They're at home. It's a little. They're going to be energized. They're going to be ready to play, especially after losing a a heartbreaker last week. Maybe we'll see a more concerted effort to to limit the the big plays on the ground. I don't know. However, um, yeah, you can't understate the fact that they are probably gonna start a rookie running back who has not played so far this year. Um that that does something. Um and their offensive line too is it's not we are very bull we were very bullish about the Packers chances against the Falcons offensive line last year. Or last week, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um and perhaps we were misled by one
2: game. You're telling me um, we got fooled by a week one performance? We may
1: have. We may have. If there's a theme of this podcast. We're we love the week one wonders. <laughs> um but the Saints offensive line has certainly been a problem for a quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, at least by like just at you know, attrition. Um it we've seen the Packers put up different alignments on the line. Guys maybe rush over the center or the guards rather than just keep going on the edge constantly. Um, we know their edge depth. We know that that Demonte White and Kenny Clark can put in big games, even when, you know, uh, like last week, it was kind of more few and far between. Um, yeah, I would just like to see a, vi- a lot more energized performance in terms of just getting after it against Carr. Um, I have the stat here. 36 pressures in week one against the Bears, down to 24 last week as a defensive unit. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's not going to do it. <laughs> Clearly no. they didn't do it last week. So, yeah, we would like to see a little bit more from the Packers defensive line and edge rushers.
2: Ideally, yeah. Like there's there's going to be ample opportunity, I think, for the pass rushers to really tee off on this offensive line. They're they're going to have to pass the ball to to move the ball, I think is what the theme of this week is going to be and it just as it's a big week for the front the defensive front to make sure they're stuffing holes for these inexperienced running backs it's going to be an equally important week for the dbs in the secondary because the Derek carr is going to have to pass the ball just to move down the field and they've got a talented wide receiving core between michael thomas who is beginning to look like his old self um
1: I about someone that has come back from a lengthy rehab.
2: Don't tell me about it. I haven't fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, week 1 against the Titans, he had 5 catches for 61 yards. Um, week 2 against the Panthers, he had um, oops, excuse me, wrong wrong tab here. He had 7 catches for 55 yards. So he's clearly getting targeted by by Derek Carr. They just throw the ball a lot in general. 36 targets last week against the Panthers for Derek Carr. And then he had, again, wrong tab, 33 uh, throws in Week 1. Like, he just, they're going to be a passing team while Alvin Kamara is still out. And so I'm guessing they'll throw Jair on Chris Alave. They'll throw Razul on Michael Thomas. Because Michael Thomas, big guy, I think he might just... Are you
1: ready for my, for the... It's it's worth talking about Chris Olave and Michael Thomas.
2: Yep. Do you know who scares the crap out of me? I I I read the document, so I do know, but tell the people.
1: <laughs> uh what is his name?
2: Rahid Shaheed? Yep. Rasheed Shaheed.
1: Are you ready for this? Go ahead, go for it. Tell the people. Derek Carr has the most deep passes completed in the air this year. So those are throws of 20 yards or more. He's seven for fifteen on such throws. Um and Rashid Shahid is a perfect four for four on those plays, hundred twenty seven yards. I believe he even caught a touchdown on one of
2: those, um, in the Titans game. Maybe. Um. um e- no, or yes, yeah, the Titans game.
1: Uh, Keyshawn Nixon has his work cut out for him. Has, hasn't really had like a. Tr- he's had some tests, but like this guy. Isn't can turn on the afterburners, and we know Keyshawn Nixon can too, but it's a different level of speed and threats. And the way the ways that the Saints, you know, offensively, there it's been kind of uh helter skelter, they're getting through it, even without Alvin Kamara, but they have drawn up plays to get him open, and obviously. they've hit these home run plays Uh and if i'm a packers fan which i am um i am afraid that that is how they overcome maybe not having their x factors like Alvin kamara or even jamal williams as we thought going into this game a couple weeks ago
2: right week one or yeah week one against titans five catches on six targets for 89 yards a touchdown his longest catch was a 41 yards um, last week against Carolina, four for four, sixty-three yards with forty-five of those yards coming on one pass. So yeah, he's a he's a burner. I think he is their their Jaden Reed of sorts for for them. Yes. Like Chris Olave is gonna be Christian Watson, Michael Thomas is Robin Dobbs, Jaden Reed is Rashid the Shaheed, same kind of idea. Like he's getting a lot of looks because the top two corners just have to look at Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, but now that you're putting your nickel corner on Rashid Shaheed, he's gonna get looks, and he's getting a lot of looks so far. Like, I, th- like these top three receivers for the Saints are just having great seasons through two games. Like Chris Olave is having oh. a nice season as um, as well so far, pretty much leading the uh, their their team, I think, in yards as well as just. Um, general catches as well as I pull up his stats for the year so far. Uh, week one, eight for 10, 112, and no touchdowns. Week two, six for or six recept- receptions on 11 targets for 86 yards. Similar long balls in both games, 45 and 42 were his longest. So they, they, they chuck it downfield and they've got receivers that can catch it. Uh, 14 receptions, 198 yards through two games is pretty darn good pretty darn good that's like up there with puka who's blowing up the nfl right now like up there Justin jefferson like they're just these young guys are are really really good right now for in the receiving core across the nfl and chris lave is for sure one of the top young guys right now so yeah jair good luck pal you're gonna need it yes he's he's fast he's not as tall as drake london or michael thomas he's six six feet um, so only two inches on Jair, but hopefully Jair can press him. And I, I know like I'm old man screams at cloud asking Jair to press a receiver, but <laughs> would you rather be against Michael Thomas Jair at six three two ten? 210 like <laughs> get up in yeah. his grill dog. Those are, those are bigger bodies. Those are bigger bodies. So yeah, I think this, this week's going to come down to the interior defensive line, not letting inferior running backs get big yards and the secondary limiting those big plays that the Saints are very good at.
0: Yeah.
2: For the Packers, they have to keep scoring. Have to. You pull the stat that is impressive, but I give some pushback on. Saints have not allowed more than 20 points since week 10 of last year, which is a long time a long time I have a little more than 20 points three touchdowns like I guess immovable object meets uh unsolvable force Mm -hmm. Jordan Love scoring three touchdowns in a game and the Saints not allowing 21 points since the middle of last year so we'll see kind of thing but um I think it's worth noting that the Saints last year during that stretch played some good offenses but not like any high-powered offenses, for what it's worth. they um, starting
1: to play some NFC South offenses.
2: Exactly. So, Week 9 last year, they played the Ravens and lost 27-13. to 13. And then, from then on, like we had, I mentioned, they had not allowed 20 points, but they played the Steelers, the Rams, who were, didn't have Stafford, I think, at that point. yeah, I think Cooper Cup was hurt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco, who they lost to 13-0. Um, Tampa, the Falcons, the Browns, the Jalen Hurt, Les Eagles, and Carolina. So yeah, there's a lot of variance in like the level of talent they were playing. Like, they lost to the Buccaneers 17 16, but that's a division game, and you're just gonna play them harder. I think the Saints defense is good. They got a lot of talent on that on that side of the ball. But um I think it's a little a little column a, a, little column B. Like Cam Jordan is a problem. Yeah. Marshawn Lattimore is a problem. They have they still have uh Tarama Thayu. Like they got
1: Demario Davis. I was just gonna
2: say Demario Davis is there too. Like they, they've got players on that side of the ball and I think they're just coached well as well. So I think it'll be important. Like I, this is where I really think Aaron Jones being available this week would be a big bump for this offense because the Falcons defense was not as good as advertised coming in. They and they played pretty well in the fourth quarter given that they were they're were resting a lot of the time, but the Packers defense is going to stall at points and I think it will be more prone to some stalling against this defense in particular. So having Aaron Jones there would be would be helpful. Even Christian Watson. Even Christian Watson.
1: It looks it looks like we might get that debut, but obviously we'd probably want a little bit more assurance with him practicing the rest of the week. Um, yeah, I mean, the Packers are, have one of the most efficient offenses in the league, if not the most. Um, it's very close to the Cowboys and just how they've been steamrolling. But a lot of that, again, is generated through their defense because they have been just so dominant on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Love, again... All we can do is throw touchdowns and complete like less than 60% of his passes, but we'll take yeah. it for right now. Um, and the Saints have only allowed one touchdown for this season, and that came in garbage time against the Panthers last week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I I am very, very... <sighs> My guard is a little bit more up than last week, and it was already pretty up with... How the Falcons looked and everything like that going into, like, look at their secondary, Jesse Bates in particular. I mean, you look at all phases of all three lines of the Saints defense. They have at least, like, an all-pro level player at each line. Whether it's Cam Jordan or their defensive line is pretty damn good, too. Yeah. Mario Davis has been kind of criminally underrated as a a linebacker for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lattimore is probably one of the best cornerbacks in the league, if not the best.
2: Has been uh, for a while.
1: Yeah, like, and Dennis Allen is a defensive minded coach, and you know, kind of certainly shows in the, some of the score line that they've had. Yep. But still, they, that is where they make their hay, and it's a different test for a, a Packers offense that. Yes, they have haven't had Aaron Jones for two or six quarters, I should say. Um, almost Christian seven. Not, almost <laughs> yeah Oh goodness, man uh Christian Watson obviously has not played at all. The rookies are showing out Romeo Dobbs is doing you know positive things even though you'd like to see it more consistently. They've been able to make do with what they have had and it's working right now. Are we in the midst of early sample size? Things could fall off a cliff. They're not going to, they're certainly not going to score at this, you know, efficient clip for the rest of the season. That would be crazy, right? Right? Right. Um, But I do think a team like the Saints could really shut the Packers up if they really wanted to, provided that, you know, the other side of the ball is taken care of offensively. But, Yeah, this is a different test for the Packers, and I'm very intrigued and nervous how they're going to treat this going into it because, you know, it's not going to be easy by any means, especially for Jordan Love um, facing a a unit like this.
2: Right, yep, absolutely. I think it'll be a a tough game for sure. Um, I think they'll be helped out a lot by coming home. Like, I I think is going to be rocking on Sunday. Hopefully it is. It should be. I would hope so. It should be. So, yeah, I think it'll definitely be a tough matchup for sure. That's that's not to be downplayed whatsoever. But I think what really should help them is having like you said an efficient properly called game. Like I think Matt LaFleur really needs to get sort of in in form when it comes to calling a, a good game and making sure that he's adding some some wrinkles to the offense to the point where it's not all on Jordan Love, because I think if that's the case, it'll be a, it'll be a tough game, but mm-hmm. well, I'm not saying, like, run AJ Dillon a bunch. What I'm saying is because
1: yeah, that's not working.
2: Right. But, like, it, he needs to be able to have a unequal mix of easy to complete passes while taking shots. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I saw earlier this week that, like, Jordan's love, Jordan Love's average depth of target is, like, way down the field. It's it's high up in the in the NFL, and he's not getting a lot of like dump off in rhythm passes just to get some confidence under his belt, which I think might need to be the case for these few, next few games just to get that completion percentage up. Not that completion percentage really matters, but just throw a couple screens, throw a couple short passes over the middle. Like nothing, not not everything needs to be down the field, even though. That's where the excitement happens in the game. That's kind of what we were asking for last year. But I think it's obviously different circumstances, right? Jordan Love's deep ball isn't exactly as refined as we want it to be. But again, first-year starter, I'm not too concerned about it at this point. He's throwing great balls over the middle in that medium depth range. That ball to Samari Turi was really good. He has good good accuracy, accuracy at that 10 to 15-yard range. But getting... Him some work in the short game and like dump off passes and some easy quick throws like that, I think would work wonders for for Love's game and the offense in general, rather than trying to run AJ Dillon in the A gap three times in one drive or throwing it 20 yards down the field to a backpedaling Luke Musgrave or a turned around Romeo Dobbs. Excuse me, that wasn't Romeo Dobbs' fault, but that throw is hard to are you throwing him deep to keep running or are you throwing him to the corner to get out of bounds? Like that was a tough throw in the fourth quarter that he had to make, which is to be expected to be made eventually, but not right now.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is I think the key biggest key of all. And here comes some stats overload. Uh, we saw a fourth quarter of the Falcons game, three and outs, 10 plays. Everything about it was abhorrent. <laughs> um, it's sustaining long drives and getting a mix of. I agree with you. In theory, the Packers' best way to play is that you don't lean on one side of passing all the time. The Mike McCarthy Packers, Aaron Rodgers Packers, when they had, you know, Brandon Jackson in the backfield or whatever, um, or leading very heavily on AJ Dillon, just. Running up the middle and getting two, th- two or three yards, or taking one, taking out one of his offensive linemen. Mm. Um, it's it's the complementary football that a lot of people have talked about, and I certainly agree that like they just can't lean on one way or the other. And there's different ways to balance that out, and we'll certainly see probably a lot of that at the start of the game. I don't know if we'll see that t- towards the end of the game, especially if it's close, right? But I guess I guess. Against the Saints defense, they are one of the best teams in not being on the field that long. Yeah. There's 5.3 plays per drive. Wow. Yes. That's 22.8 yards per drive. They have allowed six third down conversions on 26 attempts. Uh, that's
2: 23.6%. That's crazy. Yeah. That is that's... that is really crazy cuz like that that will be I think the game on Sunday is can the Packers put together long drives? And if they can, they'll probably be in a position to win even if they don't score every drive, but maybe wearing down this defense is what it takes to get to them. Like Yeah. I think that'll be that'll be something to watch for. That's a good pull, Jordan. Yeah.
1: I think um yeah, I I I think We know that they can move the ball and they, again, they have not done it with their A and B players. They've done it with rookies. They've done it with second-year guys. Um, And they've also had some turnover luck, especially more so in the Bears game than obviously the Falcons game. But, you know, they're kind of going into this game the same, theoretically, an ideal in the Saints. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough in that way, unless if some good luck breaks their way, or some bad luck breaks away, where they they're you know fighting to uh, make hay when they're down by seven or fourteen, whatever it is.
2: Am I reading this stat, these last two stats, right? Because these are crazy. Jordan came up with these, not came up, but curated these for us. Per Sharp Football Analysis, the Saints have allowed a league low seven point two quarterback rating on throws ten or more yards down the field allowing 8 of 26 attempts to be completed for 119 yards and 3 interceptions.
1: More than sharp.
2: That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, that makes my point about trying to get stuff in the short game, like the short passing game, all the more important. Like, if they're limiting that bread and butter area of the field that Jordan has had in most of his completed passes on this season, golly, they can't be playing that part of the field a whole lot this 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 week if they're going to have any sort of success as we talked about like the deep balls sort of not there Dr- good at drawing dpis but besides i think like the i think there's only one pass over 20 yards he's had completed um yeah. and then to go along with that um 40 let me make sure i'm reading this right or no the other side of the ball but regardless or no th- yeah this is the right set The Saints have allowed the the fourth fewest opponent air yards at 148. Like, and the Packers have been a passing team. They haven't found Mm -hmm. success in the run game this season. Like Aaron Jones, I think his his his, three drives. Yeah, his his three drives where he was really effective. His first drive, he was effective on the ground, but I think he had two receiving touchdowns. Like the the first one around the end was a quote unquote pass, and then the second one was.
1: uh two rushing and one receiving or one I mean, rushing and one receiving, sorry
2: okay, so yeah, the first one off the end was a was a rush and then a short pass over the middle and he was off to the races yeah. but yeah, they didn't have any success last week with A.J. Dillon and Emmanuel Wilson and I'm guessing the Saints are going to assume that that's going to be what the plan is this week and <laughs> <laughs> they'll be planning for the passing attack and so yeah, that, that it's going to be a fun game on Sunday it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be hard. I think.
1: I think very chess match.
2: Yeah, kind I don't think. Like, yeah.
1: I don't think it's very. I certainly hope we don't see like a Bijan Robinson type thing. They, I mean, certainly the Saints have playmakers. We were talking about this before that before recording. It's not like that they have a so-so offense. Yeah, they have Crystal Lave, Michael Thomas is looking more you know he's not gonna be all pro level thomas or michael thomas but he's
2: out there and he's productive he's back to what he was he's he was an all pro receiver now he's just a very good wide receiver
1: yeah Derek carr can make throws he's not he can have some games where he gets picked off and is you know turnover prone but he's certainly a more competent quarterback that they have tr- trotted out since you know the last dying numbers of drew Brees's tenure yeah um Again, Rasheed Shahid is a guy that's going to be probably (laughs) one to really hone in on because he has the potential to be a backbreaker against his Packers defense. They have weapons like that. It's just a matter of like they haven't really. I mean, look at their scores. They're not. They're they're winning close games unless if you really don't count that Panthers one when you know they had a touchdown coming late. Right.
2: For what it's worth. I wonder how good the, the saints are at finishing drives because, excuse me, Derek Carr, two interceptions to one touchdown. Like they haven't scored a lot of points either this year, Mm -hmm. like 16 and 20. Like that's not exactly good. And it's not like they're finishing drives on the ground either. I think they only, they, the only two touchdowns on the ground that they have are Tony Jones's ones last week and then yeah i think if i'm not mistaken that math would put one in week 1 from yeah. Derek Carr right in week 1 so it's not like they're scoring a bunch either they're just getting chunk plays and not be able to finish them which i think is the important thing cuz it's kind of the bill belichick way of running a, running a defense is sure we'll let you take the big plays get your yardage but once we get to the red zone let's play some football you can't run Chris Lava down the field. You can't run Rashid Shahid, Rashid Shahid down the field without, and use a speed like that. Like you have to be a dynamic play caller and a creative play caller to score on good defenses when in, in the red zone, essentially. And it yeah. maybe just might seem that they don't have that. But I think that'll be something to watch, too. Like If they give up a bunch of yards and then buckle down in, in the red zone, I won't be upset about it. But I think that would be, that was something to look for.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw the Packers have a goal line stand last week. Mm-hmm. It It's one thing to move the ball. It's another thing to punch it in and, you know, operate in short yardage situations, which the Packers have been very good at. They yeah. have the second best red zone offense in the league. Defense so, or offense?
2: Offense. Okay. I didn't know which part you were saying because, like, we were talking defense and stopping oh, them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we were on yeah, the same sorry. page. No, you're good.
1: Um Yeah, I, I do think again it's it's it it's so easy because that is football games in a nutshell. It's like limiting the big plays and that's the Vic Fangio style that Joe Berry is supposed to be playing, blah, blah blah blah. Right. But it's how it's how games are decided with this team. And a lot of it has come on the ground rather than you know in the air because they have you know really a, a top a good top two cornerbacks when they're engaged and playing well, um, yeah. But it's that's where it's going to come now to. And if the weather conditions are good, um, maybe that has a factor. Or if it's a if it's going to be a wet game out there and the Saints are used to playing and you know they're used to playing in the Superdome. Um, it might be a different kind of game, too. So mm-hmm. we'll see how the Packers adjust in that sense, too.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else, Jordan? Or should we get into predictions? We've got to keep Jordan Love upright. That's a big thing, but mm-hmm. I think we kind of touched on that with just the general offensive line and the talent that the Saints have on the defensive line. Um, I think that's it. I think so, I think too. Players to watch. I went first last week. Back As to you. you did. Back to you. You have Cam Jordan, you have Chris Lavie, you have Michael Thomas. You have the you have the gamut of two players to uh to pick from.
1: I think I'm gonna call my shot with the Saints. Rashid Shahid. Alright. I'm scared to death of him.
2: <laughs> that is very funny. I see
1: I see a very fast uh slot receiver and I'm gonna focus more on him rather than the guys that are the end to the offense like Chris Olave or Michael Thomas, and you know that's how it is. It's it's worrying about the in an NBA sense the Fred Van Vliet of the world rather than Kawhi Leonard,
2: right? Kyle Lowry. <laughs> it's the role players. It's like worrying about yeah, the, you're, you're currently worried about Pat Connaughton. Yeah, that, yes. that's just, that's just who you're worried about. And frankly, can you blame can you kind of can I blame you? Not really. No, no. like. He's he's shown out so far this year and
1: I mean we focus on Bijan Robinson and all that stuff. Drake London scored a touchdown.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: you know I mean. Yeah. <laughs> he he was the kind of the role player in that sense. So yeah, Rashid Shaheed is my uh Saints guy to watch out for.
2: Okay. I'm going my Packer first. Uh, I'm picking Razul Douglas as my player to watch because I think they're going to try and feed Michael Thomas because he is like one of the bigger guy he I think he's the biggest receiver they have and he's taller than Razul and Jair. And so I think they're gonna try and feed him the ball over mismatched corners because he is an athletic human being and has the opportunity to really just moss any receiver that he can get his, that he can get proper positioning on. And so seeing how Razul hopefully fingers crossed pairs up against him is I think is going to be an important thing to watch uh watch this game.
1: I like it. I like it. Who's your packer? Um I like to kind of look around. I don't wanna mention the same names. Um I'm taking a bet with this one because I think he's end up gonna play and I think he will make his season debut. Christian Watson, come on man. We need you. Yeah we need you we're we gonna need, him. need you. We're gonna need you. Um yeah, I would certainly hope that he's fully healthy. That they're not going to trot him out, you know, uh, with a gimpy uh, hamstring. Yeah, I want to see Chris. I want to see the Christian Watson that we got used to seeing by the end of last year, mm-hmm. and we need that speed threat, some guy to kind of bend the defenses that the Saints can't just you know kind of bunch it all together and make Jordan Love have to make really tough throws within these very tight windows in the middle of the field. Having a guy like Christian Watson opens up the offense for the Packers, eases Jordan Love's ability to make throws um, in tight windows where it's not going to be just, you know, he see multiple defenders in these little, you know, snapshot frames. It takes away guys that can defend different areas of the field. Right. And, Again, against the Saints defense. If it takes away Marshawn Lattimore from a play, Good. love it. Good, love it. Yeah. Great. Demario Davis, they probably wouldn't throw a linebacker on him. I hope um, not. I hope not too. Hold
2: <laughs> well, no, on, um, Tyron not Matthew, That's not true. I hope they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope that. Yeah, yeah let's. Yeah, uh, if it if they double covered Christian Watson with Tyron Matthew or something like that, like right. Yeah, I just want to see Christian Watson out there and I want to see him score uh, his first touchdown on his first catch.
2: That'd be sweet. That would be sweet. Um, my saint, I'm going to say, is Cam Jordan. Who? <laughs> Who?
1: It's an Anchorman reference.
2: <laughs> Jeez, oh my god. Anyway, um, I'm saying Cam Jordan. No, no Bakhtiari, no EJ. Likely no Bakhtiari, I'm going to say because I'm not going to say he's playing at any point anymore this season. We'll just <laughs> cross that bridge on Sunday when we get there. Um, I'm going to say Cam Jordan with no Bakhtiari or EJ is going to be probably a menace um, on the left side of that line. So hopefully whoever they throw out there, whether it's the platoon between, um, was it Yash and Walker? Or who who'd they Was it Naiman and Walker? Yeah. Okay, so but
1: it ended up being a lot more Walker snaps than you think,
2: think yeah I mean, yeah it was a lot it like was a lot of close. Walker yeah so hopefully he can um, hold up regardless and we'll see how it goes out there so that's mine is uh this cam Jordan score predictions I think it's back to me now to start yeah I don't want to keep predicting wins because I don't want to be that guy but I am gonna be that guy Twenty three. 23 to tw- went to seventeen Packers. I think they end up crossing. They end. They end up finishing that that streak of scoring. The of the Saints not allowing. We beat the streak. That's right. Yeah, 23-17, Packers.
1: Last week I picked the. I picked the Falcons.
2: You did traitor i did look at you predicting falcons wins and becoming right maybe maybe, maybe we have you to blame maybe it's not the packers it's our trusty top co-host jordan Tresky, betraying the no fans. it's the packers it is the packers <laughs> they could have
1: won that <laughs> game <laughs> um i had a lot better feeling about this game i well obviously after a week one. um <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the stupidest thing I've ever said. I've said a lot of stupid things. Um, this is going to be a nail-biter.
2: It's going to be a hard one. 23-20. All right. you think they score one extra field goal? Game-winning field goal. Or do they miss? Anders. Wow. Wow. You think? What did you, what did you say? I said maybe they missed an extra point. The Saints okay. do. That's
1: true. Game winning field goal, Anders Carlson.
2: That'd be pretty hype. That'd be pretty good for your agenda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, folks. That does it for us. It is now promo time. Bow,
0: bow, 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 bow. <laughs> um,
2: buck season is approaching. Go check out the Euroset pod. Um Ty had an exclusive interview with new Wisconsin head coach Bino. How do you say his last name, Jordan? Do you know? Udre. Udre. Uh, for for the Wisconsin herd up in Oshkosh. He did some great reporting on that. That dropped today on Wednesday. Go check it out. It's pretty good. And while you're there, check out the uh NBA division preview for that Rohan and Ty did previewing the Atlantic and Northwest conferences. Um the Brewers beat the Cardinals again tonight, five two, or no, eight two. My apologies. After a big ninth inning, um, with some insurance runs, um, so they will have the Cardinals. Oh, yep, sure. The uh, the Cardinals post series pod up on Friday when that series wraps um, Thursday afternoon. But in the meantime, if you want to check out the Miami Marlins pod series pod they put out this week they talked about the marlins losing three or four to the brewers but then they also dove into the recent news of the brewers um stadium funding debacle so that is a good lesson if you are a milwaukee resident or just a brewers fan in general go check out adam and andrew's um analysis and discussion on that too plus you get to hear the reaction to the mark cannon grand slam which was hype um i was there you were there you got shouted out on cruising for a bruising
1: oh look at
2: that yep it's uh it, you're, you're the good luck charm you were there for all the grand slams this year not all of them but the ones that were the most hype that matter yep um <laughs> also go check out uh adam and Andrew on and, uh make time for this uh I believe they'll, they'll be coming with a new episode soon I'm not sure on what but their last episode is still uh a fire uh, Christian putzold and Paula beers return. so go check it out everything you can find at gsp, gspn.info um our twitters our instagrams our ticky tockies, all the pods all that stuff so we appreciate you guys listening we'll be back again on sunday for the post game victory pod i'm wishing it into existence that's right wishing into existence um i got a funny look from jordan there are listeners <laughs> that's, that's why i had to repeat myself <laughs> um so yes thank you all for listening and uh, we will talk to you again on sunday and jordan